I genuinely just... I think I'd want to do this with someone who is just better in general. I can help you with that. Can you? Yeah. Well, how, how is that then? Um, I may or may not have secured us a guest for next week's episode. Oh, that's, uh, that's good. Thank God. So it won't be just me. Yeah, can they, can they fill in for you full time? Well, if they're any good, um, um, we can all do a majority vote and then, um, you know, take it higher up, and then we'll see we'll see where we go from there. Do you want to know who the guest is? Uh, and we'll uh, you could tell me, but we'll edit it out because we want to keep it a secret. I know, but if we say who the guest is, then people are definitely going to tune in because this is a pretty important guest. Is it a pretty important guest? Yeah. You know how? Yeah, we'll go on then. Christopher Nolan. Twat. <laughs> no, Solly, Solly Wood. Hey, fantastic. Best thing about this is Saturday night I was with um, Solly and no, Friday night I was with Solly and some people and um, I was very drunk and I asked him to come on the show. And you know how we have trouble describing the show when we're recording and when we're sober? Yeah. Did oh, you my do it perfectly. Friend. Oh, my friend, you have no idea how difficult it is to describe when you are drunk. <laughs> Just imagine that. Imagine what a car crash that was, and, and that's probably ten times worse than what it what you're imagining. It was dreadful. Okay. Really dreadful. <laughs> but you still convinced him? Oh, well, yeah, I still convinced him. Yeah, it must have been sort of my sincerity and my sort of very much my drunkenness. plea and my drunkenness. Maybe, maybe the he... sadness behind the eyes. And also he was... A bit pissed too. Very possibly, yeah. Very possibly. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, that's. <laughs> I'm not completely useless. I mean, I don't do some things, but then I do do other things. You're not completely useless, but you ha- you haven't edited last week's episode, which w- was supposed to go out on on Tuesday. But it wasn't even possible. Which, to which edit. in fairness, we couldn't see until Thursday because Skype. But um, it is now Sunday and you haven't done it. And you also need to do this one. Yes, I do. Yes. So, um, Among other things. Yes, you have many tasks to do. And, you're, and I don't actually believe that you're going to do all of them. I think you'll probably... You, I think you have about four or five tasks that you need to do in the next seven days. And I think of those tasks, I expect you to complete two. And I don't expect their completion to be particularly impressive. Okay. Well, I like surprising people. You know, lower their expectations, and then and then just do the bare minimum, and they will be ha- happy with that. I think is a good sort of rule to live by. You know, so if you keep disappointing someone to the extent where they've actually lost all faith and respect for you, and then you surprise them. But you don't even surprise them by doing something amazing. You just surprise them by meeting the requirements. I mean, that is <laughs> that is something else, really, isn't it? I really wish I wasn't your friend. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah. Go. How right. long ago it was? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, anyone listening, and welcome to Connecting Vague Dots. In case you hadn't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jay Pedals. Uh, the other one is Seth Cox. There's a few restraining orders to your name, aren't there? 
Yes, speaking of uh, such restraining orders, I was listening to WCR FM this morning, uh, the Warminster Community Radio, and um, on the news, there's some 44-year-old, bit of current affairs here, some 44-year-old squaddy has been, um, well, he, he went to court for um, inappropriately touching the breasts of someone under the age of 13 and other areas, um, and he's now sort of been dropped from the army, and he's sort of... Well, he's been dropped from everything, really. He's just a horrible person. And this is what got me onto thinking about squaddies in Warminster. I haven't met a squaddie that I've liked in Warminster. I'm just giving you the facts here. I'm not generalising, but the squaddies that I have met have all been of a similar sort of, you know, they follow a pattern, I think. I swear you told me a story of a squaddy you met about a year ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he well, he. I say he was all right. He wasn't all right, really. He was, he was drunk. But I feel like all the squaddies they go to town and they sort of go, "Oh, I'm a squaddy. I mean, I can get young girls." What? I'm so confused at what you're saying. I'm not saying all squaddies are paedophiles. I'm not saying that. I am saying that all squaddies in Warminster are well. All the ones that I've met just seem really horrible. I've got two stories to tell you here. <clears throat> Story one um, was we were all eating uh, Witherspoon's breakfast. Jay, I think you might even have been there, but we were all eating a spoon's breakfast because we just had a, had a heavy night. And on the table... Um, yeah, I remember us, this. There were a couple of squaddies. And obviously they had a big night as well. And one of them just threw up all over the table. Um Every... I think it's also important to mention in this story, but that not only had they probably had a heavy night, they were continuing to have a heavy morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 one of them threw up over the table, projectile everywhere. And this was horrible because we were all eating our breakfast. Like, oh, that is actually grim. You also, and then they... you also put it in his pint glass. Yes, yeah, and then they fucking left it. And on yeah. the way out, one of our friends shouted, sort of, "Aren't you going to clean that up?" And then they said some rubbish. Oh, wait, we fight for the country. And I'm thinking, yeah, but clean up your vomit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We fight for the country isn't an excuse to be a disgusting person. I don't want them fighting for my... Oh, no, that's quite disrespectful. But if they're like that, then... Awful. That's story number one. Story number two. I was walking this uh, squaddy home. I don't know why I was walking him home, because I was pissed as he was, and I hadn't even met the guy anyway. I was like, I'll walk you home, mate. And I was walking him home, and... um, we were just having a sort of chat, and he was sort of saying, "Oh no, my wife's pre- my wife's giving birth tonight." I was like, oh, "Aren't you there?" She, he was like, "Oh, I've really messed up. I'm not there." I was like, oh, "Aren't you there?" He was like, "Oh, I really want to see my baby daughter." I was like, "All right, let's get you home. Let's get you to see your baby daughter." Okay, so even from the outset, this guy, whose wife is giving birth, is on a fucking bender on a night out. So, I mean, I wasn't totally impressed by him. Anyway, but we still had like a a reasonable sort of chat, and we were sort of having chin wag, chewing the fat. And he sort of says, do you want to have sex with me? And I said, no, thank you. And then we carried on chatting away and he threw up and there was, there was lots of that. But so those two sort of separate occasions, I don't like the local squaddies that go into town and get pissed and touch girls. You know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the behaviour there that you have described is is not 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 good behaviour. No, it's not. And they touched up my girlfriend at the time. You can't be doing that. 
I mean, I didn't they do anything. They were, well, and, um, oh shit, I shouldn't say names on it. Um, <laughs> two um, girls, that one of them being my girlfriend, one of them being my friend's girlfriend, um, were standing at the bar. A bloody squad, he starts coming up behind him and touching him. Oh! Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking hell, guys, I don't know what's going on there. Something is wrong with the the squaddies in, in, in Warminster that go into town. I mean, and obviously this news thing that I just, the current affairs thing just sort of proves it. Well, on all occasions, they are disgusting people. I mean, I don't. I, not all of, I'm sure, look, I'm not going to generalise. You mean on all reported occasions? Yeah, on all reported occasions, um, on all the ones that I have met and had encounters with, they've all been negative encounters. Mm. Okay. Well, listen up, squaddies of Warminster. Yeah. Bugger off. What? Just get your act together, you know? Yeah. Just be nicer people. Yes, I mean, thank you for the service that, that you that you provide, you know, fighting for the country. But it doesn't give you an excuse to be a nonce, or a twat, or a, just or a, a generally horrible person. Indeed. There you go. Thank Shall you, we... Seth, for that little rant. <clears throat> Shall we crack on, then? I don't know how much you of that was You still need there. to explain the concept. Right, yes. So We haven't gotten to that stage yet. <clears throat> the concept behind this brilliant, brilliant podcast is... Sorry, carry on. Thank you. Joe must have read something on his phone there that made him giggle. Um, it was something been, you said. Must have been something sort of an exterior factor that made, that made you laugh, because obviously that would be really rude, laughing because, in my because face. Because obviously this is a brilliant, brilliant podcast. Yeah. I mean, Everyone. we're going for... We're going for a couple of awards, aren't we? I mean, I don't know what awards podcasts get, but we're going to get them, I think. Are there Sony Awards, or does that not exist anymore? I don't know. Sony seems to be going down the shitter a bit. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, carry on. Yeah, so, the concept behind this podcast is me and Jay, and sometimes a guest, um, choose a film, a book, and a piece of music, all with something in common, an, an underlying link or theme, and the other people in the call, in this case just Jay, will try to guess what my link was from my choices. And there's also a point system involved, meaning that the sooner or earlier you guess the link, the more points you get. And we've also got a point system where if either of us revisited any of the other one's uh, choices from the previous week, we get a point. So, with that in mind, Jay, did you revisit any of any of my suggestions? Uh, just trying to remember what it was you said. You said Hamlet for your yes. play. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you said Fight Club for your film. And, and Screamer Delica. That was it. Yeah, no, none of it. Oh, Absolutely well. none of it. You should really listen to Screamer Delica, my friend. Yes. Uh, I, I added Fight Club to my watch list on Amazon Prime. Good. Is it included with Prime? Yeah, it is. Oh, fucking hell, Jay. Watch it then. I, just, I, 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 yeah, 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 all right. I, mean, I watched Booksmart the other day. That's really good. I don't know what to say. I'm not I'm not going to say well done, because you could have been watching Fight Club. What's Booksmart? Booksmart's great. It's um a teen, like, a, there's two, uh, teen, two girls at the end of high school and mm -hmm. they're just about to graduate and then go off to college. 
and for their whole high school experience, they have been very head down, do the work, don't party or have fun or whatever. Good. That's what we like. And then, and then, so and they did that so that they could get into a really good college or university, basically. Naturally. And then they were slightly shocked to find out that everyone else who had partied and had fun and um, had an enjoyable time and not studied the whole time had also gotten into really good colleges. Yeah. And they suddenly felt like they'd wasted their life. So they go on their final night uh, and try to party and have a proper party night and have fun on their last night of high school. And it's, it's really good. It's really good, actually. It was directed by Olivia Wilde, um, who played 13 in House and has done lots of, lots of other stuff. She's great. Um, it's a really good film. I recommend it a lot. All right, well, thank you for that, Jay. Um, but when we come down to it, you didn't revisit any of my options. You went out of your way and watched something else. So, yes, yeah. yes, that's exactly what I did. Did Good. you revisit any of my options? Or uh, if you, choices? If you t- tell me what they were, then <laughs> there's a Jacob Collier in there, wasn't there? No, 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 there wasn't. Oh. There actually wasn't. That was the thing. Um, no. it was no pressure by logic. Yeah. There was uh, 1984 by George Orwell. And there was Phantom Thread, by directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Right, brilliant. So I get one point for 1984 because I did read some of that. Okay. Um, I should get maybe half a point for the logic because I went away and listened to some logic. Yeah, you said you went away and listened to one eight hundred, and I forget the other numbers. Something, something, something. and the Eminem one, and I listened to some of them off the album as well. Okay, yeah, I'll give you half for that. Half, okay, lovely. There we go. One and a half. It's not too bad. That's pretty good. Right. You actually went away and did some stuff. Yes, I know. Whilst I was not doing arguably more important things, I was doing this. So. Pins and needles in my foot, bloody hell. Uh-huh. Walk it off, or no? I'm, I'm good. I'm just gonna sit on it. So brave, stiff up a lip. That's what we like. Up. Um. Right. So, do we, do we want to crack on with our options, our choices, and? Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh-huh. Any news from the last week? No, I'm just going to say you're obviously overwhelmed and sort of very excited to to get on with the podcast with with that yawn. I mean that that sort of that's very telling, isn't it? I mean, this is a man who who definitely wants to be here. I think. Just bugger off. Sorry, what was your question? Do I have any news from yeah. the past week? Um, apart from securing us a guest for next week and um, getting horribly drunk and. That, that that that's it. Everything else has sort of just fallen, fallen away. What about you, Jay? Any sort of news of the week? Um. Oh, I've got some more um current affairs related news from WCRFM. Um, we've got a water fountain outside the library now, sort of a water tap. So that's been Wessex Water Company, Wiltshire Council, and Mormons Council all sort of teamed up together to get us this water fountain outside the library. So. 
bloody whoop dee doo There we go. That's... Or do they want a medal? It, it, you could call me a fountain of knowledge, couldn't you? I... If we were in the same room, I would hit you. Yes, you would, yeah. <laughs> You're just going to keep doing it. Jay, give us your um, first option, please. Your first choice. I should stop saying option. They're not options, really. They're just choices. Your first yeah, choice. they are. Um, my first choice. So let's do the film first, because we switched the order up a little bit last week. Let's go back to the normal order. Indeed. And my film this week is... Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Now this is going to be an interesting discussion. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay. Why, why do you say that? I was so bored watching that film. And I didn't even follow it. I, th- I, I just... It wasn't going in. It wasn't going in. No, it was like background music. But I was actually watching it. I actually sat down to watch it. I'm like I was doing other things. But it was all just sort of... I, it wasn't It wasn't doing anything for me at all. It wasn't... But you, what do you? what's your opinion on it as you chose it? I'm guessing you like it. I really like it. I think it, it's one of my favourite films ever. Um, so, it is set in the... 50s or 60s, I think. Mm. Um, sort of in the midst of the Cold War. And in MI5, and uh, the building known as the Circus, which is where is basically MI5 headquarters. And it follows <sighs> Gary Oldman's character, whose name I had for... George Smiley, that's it. Because there was a television program in the 70s called Smiley's People, which Mm, was, um, and it's based on a John le Carre novel. It is. The same name. And it basically follows him trying to rat trying to find a mole inside the circus who has been leaking secrets to the Russians. Mm. And it, it, as you progress through the film, you get a lot of uh, sort of backstabbing and secrets are slowly, uh, very slowly unveiled, which is the thing. And everything is, is very low-key. Um, there's no... There may be one big grandstandy moment, but I genuinely don't remember it. If anything no. happened, no. I don't think anyone sh- starts shouting ever. <clears throat> no. There's lots and lots of silence, and it's got a brilliant cast. Yeah, that yeah, it's like an absolutely incredible cast. So you've got Gary Oldman in the lead. You've got Benedict Cumberbatch basically as his number two. Mm. You've got Tom Hardy as an estranged agent. Um, who, yeah, his character's really interesting, um, and his story is very intriguing. You've got um, uh, Mark Strong as someone who basically retired to become a geography teacher. 
Um, Colin Firth yeah. is incredible in it. You also get the... I've forgotten his name. There's a couple of cameos, but that, they're, they're all the people I remember. Toby Jones. Oh, uh, yeah, he's brilliant. Toby Jones is in it quite a bit. Um, Chestburster from Sigourney Alien. Weaver. Hmm? Sigourney Weaver. No, the one who di- who had his chest burst. John Hurt? Yes. Yeah. John Hurt plays um, the head of uh, the circus who sent George Smiley off on this mission. And it's it's a really good film. There's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff under the surface as well, because it's you, every now and again you get a flashback mm. to uh, a one very sort of seminal Christmas party, um, and it and it, it, the film as well, as well as dredging up secrets in terms of uh, the spy network and the MI5 that is that sort of exists, it also drags up lots of personal secrets and it's and it's about it's a lot about like sort of trust and French almost friendship and that sense of loyalty that that people build up with each other. It's I really like it. I think you should give it a give it another go. I actually might because I. It's not like I remember anything from it. I don't remember who the mole was. I don't remember anything from it because it just didn't go into. It, it would be but like. You don't remember it. who the mole was. No, I think I That's... think I remember, but I, I'm. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to ask you, so I, otherwise yeah. you tell me. But I mean, it was you. It was very. It's slow. It takes its time, yeah. Um, and it's. I don't know. Maybe I was at that age where all I wanted was sort of excitement and gunfights and stuff. And when when you go in to watch like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I was sort of expecting. You go, oh, it's a spy movie. Exactly, like a bit of a thriller, um, which arguably it is, but a very slow-moving thriller. And I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a thriller. I don't know what genre it is. It's a, it's a spy. Sophisticated. It's. Yeah, it's it's a spy film, but it's not really a, about spying. Yeah, and it's a a thriller that isn't particularly doesn't keep you on the edge of your seat, but it mm. and it doesn't make you lean forwards, but it keeps you it keeps me sort of listening and intent uh, on the action. Maybe I will give it another go then. One of my favourite things about George Smiley is he's almost never surprised by anything he finds. What? Yeah. <laughs> he he, go, he goes along he goes along this journey and basically you get the the Benedict Cumberbatch character who is you know slightly newer to the circus, um, but but he's he's a good agent and he knows what he's doing. And then they go along this path and they find out things and he's sort of vaguely shocked by some of the things that they find out and George Smiley's just sat there going like, yeah, that makes sense. That seems like something that could happen here. Mm. Like, he's been there for so for so long. He's been like there for, for like 20-odd years. And he goes, yeah, th- this isn't surprising to me. Mm-hmm. You, you're going... You're not going to surprise me anymore. 
Yeah, I did quite like Gary. Well, I don't know about Gary Oldman. I've never like loved him as an actor. Like, obviously he's good, but I haven't seen him anything where I really liked him. Yeah, I I really like him in Tinker Tailor, but um, I don't think he's massively brilliant in a lot of other things. There was a thing of um that I heard a long time ago about. Uh, Gary Oldman winning the Oscar for Darkest Hour. Mm. And it was basically just them going, oh, he didn't win it in 2011 for Tinker Taylor. We should probably give him give it to him now. Because yeah. he has earned it. There's a lot of that in the Oscars. I mean, I feel like they did the same with Leo. Leonardo yeah. Because um, they were probably... Wolf of Wall Street probably yeah. should have gotten him an Oscar. As much as I didn't like that film. Yeah, he was performance. very good in it. Yeah. Do you like Wolf of Wall Street? Unlike you, I'm sort of uh, take it or leave it. It's a bit long, and it we've talked about how it sort of glorifies a sort of. It glorifies a very un un unappealing lifestyle. Yeah. Or, or not unappealing, but it's just corrupt and he's sort of... nasty. Yeah. He's just he's just an unpleasant person. I don't, and the film seems to really revel in the fact that. He's a really unpleasant person who does great, and that's great. And they go, no, yeah. that's not great. Can you hurry up and arrest him already? Exactly. I feel like, yeah, it, when you're watching such an unpleasant person, you don't want to be watching him for three hours either. Well, I think it's not necessarily that you're watching an unpleasant... You don't want to be watching an unpleasant person for three hours. Because Nightcrawler, <laughs> he's a really unpleasant person. Yeah. And he is probably... He's probably more unpleasant, or about the same amount as unpleasant, just in a different way, and that's really compelling. Yeah. And I and I happily watch Nightcrawler at any time, mm. but no, Wolf of Wall Street. It's it's not about the unpleasant person. It's the way that the film decides. It's the fact that the film decides that it likes the unpleasant person. And that we should like them too. Whereas Nightcrawler sort of just sits back and goes, "Here's a really unpleasant person. Let's see what happens to him because this this is interesting." Yeah. Mm. I agree. Nightcrawler is very good. Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, right. So there was my film choice: Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Is is your link? Um, these are things with protagonists. Who aren't surprised by anything? They're very underwhelmed. I'm just thinking about um, my other choices. No, no, that 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 doesn't work even remotely for the other choices that I have. No, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that wouldn't work for the music choice, really. Unless no, it could work for the music choice potentially, but uh, in my case, it doesn't. Okay. Alright, I've got another idea anyway. Okay. Let's see if that one comes. Right then. So, Seth, could you please reveal your film? Yes, yeah, so this is a brilliant film, and we all know that I really like my stop motion animation, and this is a stop motion animation. It's Claymation, in fact, and it is Mary and Max, directed by Adam Elliott. Um, ah. Jake, do you know much about Mary and Max? I have heard of it, I, I, I know nothing of it. Well, it's on Amazon Prime at the moment, and being a stop motion, it's quite short, which is nice. Um, you see, so you've got two characters basically that all, all that matter, and you've got one 
she starts off as a as a young girl and she's voiced by Tony Collette very well and you've got an old man voiced by Philip Seymour Hoffman and um they basically become pen pals um Mary sort of sends a, a letter to a random address and this is the address that she finds and they start up a sort of friendship through um letters but but you know it's it's very interesting because these are two very lonely uh people and uh the film although it's claymation animation um it deals with sort of like uh depression it deals with obesity um suicide um friendship being a big one and just sort of it's it's very profound and very moving it's got very good soundtrack by um penguin cafe orchestra and it's um it's a really it's a really touching film that deals with a lot of dark themes um and it looks it looks brilliant the the claymation is absolutely gorgeous as as you would imagine mm. huh very interesting it is indeed i can't i can't really tell you much about the plot because i don't want to spoil it because there are a few important plot points but there's a lot of sort of betrayal in this friendship um sort of they fall out quite a lot over things that they've told other people and and they, what you've basically got is just two very sort of lonely and and sad people who sort of find sort of companionship in in these letters that they send it's it's a really it's a really sad but moving film and you should definitely check it out it's very good okay on Amazon Prime at the moment. <laughs> this video is not sponsored by Amazon Prime. No, it's, believe it or not, no. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I, uh, I don't know if that's much to go on immediately. I think you have actually you have mentioned the the link in some way. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I, you're a, you're a smart lad. You're, you'll get it, I'm sure, but not yet. I hope not, anyway. Okay. So it's of about uh, long distance. Uh, let's just go long distance relationships. Um, bingo. That's not it, unfortunately. But, Lovely. Thought it was much. You know, good guess, sir. Thank you. I'm trying to think so, if it would work for any of my other ones as well. Hey, hey, it might work for my um. Yes, it, it would actually work for most, of, all of them actually. But it wasn't the link I was thinking of now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well done. I'll give you because I don't think you're going to get my actual link. I'll give you half a point for that. Hey, I'm on half a point. Now. A bloody good guess. Yay. Right, let's uh, have for um song choice or album choice. Okay, so I picked "The Stranger" by Billy Joel. Which... I I'm not familiar with the album. So this is... Uh, oh, God, excuse me. <laughs> ah, love a yawn. Big night, was it? Yeah, it's mediocre. Um, where was I? Yes, The Stranger. So The Stranger is an album from the ni- 1970s by Billy Joel. I think it's 1973? But I might be wrong. I'm just going to go check now. Um, it's, and the title, and I'm mainly picking the title track from it as a representation of it, but the way that 
but when I started thinking about my link as well, the title track actually as the way that it sits in the album as a whole also works really well because the stranger itself the song it talks about you know we get we get these masks out um uh to to show to other people and then we take them off uh, when we come home and mm. so so basically we're all going around living some form of a lie yeah um <clears throat> and there's a he talks in the song there's about um uh, 1977, beg your pardon. Uh, there, there's like the thing of a one day you come home to a woman you do you don't recognise. You, you felt the stranger kick you right between the eyes is the thing, and it's it's um it's a lot of stuff about sort of that lying deceit um stuff and just there being stuff on the surface or. Things existing beyond that sort of surface level of mm. just what you can see, almost. Um, and on the and it works in the context of the album as well because really interesting. A lot of the a lot of the songs are just quite upbeat and <clears throat> and happy. So you got like moving out and only the good day are young and just the way you are, which are all songs that are fairly obvious in their intentions mm. and and their motivations and then you get you know a couple of things like Vienna and the Stranger which are they're different the, the way they sit in the album is is different and it's it adds a bit of depth mm. which is really nice that's quite interesting because when I think of Billy Joel I think of the upbeat stuff like Piano Man and that other one that he does, the 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 one where he lists off all of the popular culture. What the fuck is that song? Oh, we didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. Yeah, that's the, yeah. that's sort of upbeat, sort of light-hearted stuff I usually think of. I haven't yeah. listened to any of the songs on the album. I don't think I haven't. I don't know much Billy Joel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really strong album. Mm. Um, I would recommend giving it a listen. I like that idea about um sort of. The, the masks that we wear in like um society and and stuff you know yeah. like how we're all different people to different people i mean i i'm quite lucky because i feel like with you well we don't really give a shit what the other one thinks of us which is always a good place to be i think i think there's i think there's definitely an element of that but i think i think it's it still exists yeah that sort Possibly. of thing yeah, I, I, I think I've, I've known quite a few people to struggle with sort of like mixing groups. Some people get really funny about that. So I'd have a couple groups of friends and, and yeah. they're one person around one group, another person around another group, meaning that they can never mix these these two groups of friends. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And I, and I know why you would do that. Mm. Um. And I know, but I also know that that's probably not a great idea. No, definitely not. Well, I, I think I might know your link. All right, go on then. So they're both sort of, um, oh fuck, so they're like secretive, um, 
sort of um i'm trying to think like sort of when you fool someone uh the deception that would be my my guess um are they both to not, do with deceit? Not, per, not per se not per se you're, you're sort of close um but uh no not not quite that okay all right fine you'll probably, you'll probably get it on the next one I hope so. Uh, the next one's a play, by the way. Give you some oh, time. Oh, of course it is. Ooh. Uh, okay then, Seth. Your music. My music. Um, I've, I like you. I've sort of just got a song today, really. Um, which is a song from the uh, 1986 album Skylarking, which I'll be honest, I haven't listened to, by XTC. And this song is the the final song on the album, and it's called Dear God. You probably you probably heard the song in some capacity because it's been covered a million times by lots of people. But it's it's a song, um, and it starts off with this uh, child sort of saying a prayer to um, God, but sort of, sort of singing it. Um, and then you've got sort of the band kicking, and you've got like this whole song which is going, oh, you know. God, why, why don't you make things better? You know, all the war, all the famine, all of this stuff, and you just sort of sit there, and it's, it's just, it's just like a criticism of, um, of God, really. But, but it's, it's also a bloody good song. So, check it out, dear God, by NTX, I think. XTC. XTC, that's the one. Letter. You also did Sergeant Rock. Is Sergeant Rock? Is that XTC? Was that someone else? I'm oh, just... damn it! Hang on, let me check. They're they're definitely featured in. Uh... Oh, making plans for Nigel. That was it. I don't know that song. We're only making plans for Nigel. Making plans for Nigel. Yeah. Uh, oh, Sergeant Rock is going to help me. Yeah, I was right. That's on Black Sea. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, so, so you know some of their music. Yeah, XTC uh, are quite good actually. They're a good eighties band. Very good eighties band. They, they, they sort of incorporate um, strings quite a lot, which I quite like. Sort of, there's a violin section in Dear God that's really nice. Okay, um, that's cool. So yeah, it's it's a really good song, and it's just about sort of critiquing God, really. Mm. So I can understand what you meant. When you when you said um, that when you said yes to that long distance relationship kind of thing, yeah, 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 of that relationship with between them and God. Mm. Um, but I, the thing you said about was it Mary Max, Mary and Max that mm. um, they 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 argue a lot. Yeah, and they spend a lot of time being annoyed at each other. Is it is it that is it sort of that that sort of vibe that the the things both include are quite argumentative uh, no that, no that's not it although it does fit the first two um but it doesn't fit the last the last one so okay but no good guess um oh it's not going to be that they're all like letter based is it like dear god like you're writing a letter and mary and max they're all writing letters i didn't think you're allowed to have two guesses but no that's not it either oh for fuck's sake it, you, you, you're on the right lines you're thinking right but you just need to it's the sort I'm of I'm 
too narrow or not narrow enough? Not narrow enough. It, it's it's multi-layered, my link, but it's it's very specific. Okay, fine. All right. Um, is it your your book already? Your play? Oh, let me try guess it. So it's something about secrets and sort of deception and misdirection. Well, uh, not not quite, but maybe a little bit. Okay. Um. No, I'm not sure. You'll have to tell me. You, you might have heard of it. Uh, it's Equus by Peter Schaefer. I've only heard of that because it was an option at A-level that we, we could have studied that play. That's the only time I've heard its name. Yeah, and we were given it as... Yeah, because it was me, Dan and Ellie were in a, a drama group. And, ah, the, yes. and the first text that uh, we were given was Equus. And it didn't quite fit us. Anyway, so Equus is a fantastic play, right? I was reading this in, like, year 11. When I was getting into writing stuff, Miss uh, mm. Miles basically handed me a bunch of plays. She said, read that, read that, go away, read that. That'll be she good, that'll help. I missed her. She's great. Um, so I read this, and it's about a young boy who... Uh, goes to goes and starts seeing a child psychiatrist um, because he went around with a metal spike and blinded six horses Fucking hell. in a fit of rage and the play follows um, the psychiatrist and this boy delving into his psyche essentially and unraveling what the hell happened how, how old is this boy he's about 15 16 okay um and the psychiatrist is also at, at a point in his career where he's going i really i'm not happy anymore i really mm. i'm really fed up and i just don't want to be doing this anymore so he's pretty much about to quit um, and retire and do something else. Or just, or just basically retire and stop. Um, and, he, and he has to... It's almost, it's almost like that you know, very cliched movie trope of one last case. Yeah, yeah. But it basically, by the end of the play, it's completely broken. See, so, yeah, yeah I, I was thinking of that classic movie trope where you've got the psychiatrist, but then the sort of rapport gets flipped and the psychiatrist becomes sort of under the examination of their sort of, of their client. It's not sort of under the examination of, but the kid is, ve- they have a very combative relationship where initially it starts off basically the kid just swearing at him a lot just being very very aggressive and eventually they sort of settle down and they're sort of just playing mind games and they're sort of building up uh, that sort of trusting element of it so they can delve into the stuff for the kid and then it's really interesting because of how much there is under the surface Mm. See, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Goodwill Hunting at the moment is what it sounds a lot like, with the sort of one last case sort of the guys getting fed up of it and they play tricks with each other, mind games. 
Well, not not really, because because one of the things about Goodwill Hunting is um, you sort of know what is you you kind of get a sense throughout Goodwill Hunting of what Will is kind of going through. There are a few reveals and a few sort of tricks that go on during it, but you're always <clears throat> sort of aware of what what's gone on with him. Mm. It's like not, nothing is a is a big shock reveal. No, but but with Equus, it's quite often the case where you just go, "Oh damn! Oh, okay, that's." Well, that's not good. But I like that. There's a lot going on underneath the surface of Equus. There's a lot. Because, because you also get the moments where he's basically reenacting <clears throat> his relationship with a very specific horse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also his relationship with, with a girl. Basically, he got he got into the stable yard... Um, through meeting this girl, yeah. And so he was trying to kindle this relationship with her, and things happen. And then it's also to do with his parents a little bit, and also slightly her parents, I think. Yeah. And that you get a lot of stuff that's just so, you're stripping away so many layers. I mean, I'm not sure if this is like bestiality. That's not my guess, but is that what you're hinting at right now? Oh, God. Oh, it's like that video of the woman sucking off the horse that I can't unsee. You, you, what, you want to you wanna know whether or not he fucks the horse? Essentially, that is what I'm at. But I'm thinking horses are pretty f- muscular and quite scary, so I'd hope that... I mean, I wouldn't... Which I'm glad... I hope you're glad to hear. I wouldn't fuck a horse, which shouldn't come as a surprise. But, I mean, that they're quite intimidating, aren't they? I'm just sorry. Yeah, I know. I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgot. I'd slightly forgotten that that was a thing that he did. Oh gosh. I did. I did. I did not say the thing that he did, but there was a thing that he did, and I'd forgotten about it. They did make a film of it. Oh, with with, with Richard Burton. Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to see that. I'd rather read the play. I think. Yeah, go read the play. Go re- read the play. It's amazing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I. It's. It's one of my favourite plays. Of course, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's a really brilliant play. Mm. I, t- I I brought it home one day and I just sat down at like half past three and just read it from cover to cover. <laughs> That's what I like about plays is that you can often do that. You can read them quite quickly. They don't yeah. take. Um. Now that's completely thrown me off. Link wide, is it stuff with sort of dark undertones? Um. No. Um, under the surface. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, there's, there's, you're stripping away stuff and there's just stuff under the surface, essentially. Lovely. Glad there you go, that. you get one point. Alright, so I'm on two and a half now. Yeah, and I'm still only on a half and I need to guess your last thing. You do indeed. Um, do you want to have a stab at guessing what my book is or... Um, right, so... We talked about it very recently, which is why it kept, why it's come up today. 
I have almost no idea. You're going to kick yourself when I tell you. It is Winnie the Pooh. Oh. Well, Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Milne, illustrated by E.H. Shepard. It is... I mean, <clears throat> I read these maybe three years ago, and they're brilliant. They're really good. It's similar to sort of how me and Jay feel about Wind in the Willows, where you've got this sort of childish um, premise, but in that you've got some really beautiful stories and, and um, lots of important messages on sort of like friendship and love and, and loss and and stuff like that. And that, again, there's, there's, there's a lot to unravel, and you don't want to read into it too much because you've got these... Um, Got the Winnie the Pooh theory, which uh, have we talked about before? Um, I know a Winnie the Pooh theory where it's basically every character represents some form of mental illness. Yeah, this is it. So um, Christopher Robin, obviously, he's talking to all these animals, and and it's thought that you know these are in his head, and he is in fact uh, schizophrenic, and um, all of these, all of the characters represent. Um, uh, a, a mental or physical illness. So you've got uh, a poo bear who um, represents obesity, uh, piglet, anxiety, um, rabbits, OCD, owl is egotism or something like that. And um, I thought, see, I thought owl was dementia. Possibly. I'm not sure. Maybe. And, you, and you've got... Um, Eeyore's depression, obviously. Yeah, Eeyore's depression. Tigger is ADHD. Yeah. Um, makes sense. I mean, it it does make sense. I mean, when you think about it, but maybe these are just sort of maybe maybe people are drawing links where maybe they don't belong. Yeah, exactly, and and maybe which is what we do, yeah. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's um, I mean, when you write characters, you write them with a personality trait in mind, don't you? So, for example. Yeah. Being AA Milne, you would have thought, oh, we want Tigger to be really energetic, we want Pooh to be a bit greedy, um, and they've got defining traits, and it just, I think it just so happens that these defining traits also fall into um, a category of mental illness. But surely any defining trait, when except, when like exaggerated, can fall into that category, do you not think? Yeah, possibly, because I think when you think about children's books, Sometimes the the want is to think of it symbolically. Yeah. Uh, with Wind in the Willows as well, I think as well. You try and think of, you can try and think of things in a symbolic way. Yeah. Um, so. Which I think you can do. And there was um. I I mentioned this when when we talked about Wind in the Willows last time. I saw a Daily Mail article about um, Kenneth Graham's hidden homosexual agenda in Wind in the Willows. Yeah, no. I just go, oh, okay, I don't care. No. I mean, it's unfortunate, isn't it? But it's that whole thing that when you release something, it's no longer yours. It is the general public's, and they can interpret it in any way that they want, essentially. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's a problem. Is it? No, it's not a problem. But it does mean a lot of reading into things that weren't necessarily intended. I mean, there's a whole Richard Adams all shipped down um, Nazi metaphor, which apparently wasn't intended. So that it's very once it's out there. I mean, it's not yours. 
anymore. It's interesting because I read a. It's like if Shakespeare was um, still alive and he saw sort of the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet with gangsters and guns. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, that that's you know these things are interpreted in, in in different ways and you can't really help that. And sometimes they're good. And sometimes you know they're false or bad. I suppose you can't have a false one because it's your interpretation. But yeah. Yeah, as long as long as you're not manipulating it, like or or you know taking things out of the context in which they appear, if you're referencing everything in the context that it appears and the way that it occurs to you that it had appeared, mm. then I think it, it, any interpretation is okay. Well, yeah, well, what, but what... The, and the thing the thing about it is, is if people are taking the time to think about the things that you have done in such depth, then surely that's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what you've actually done is you've appealed to something in them that they wanted to see. It's like when we went to watch um, The Taming of the Shrew, but with the gender reversal twist. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't intended in any way, but it was... You know, it's something that the director wanted to do with it, and and I think it worked. I thought it was really good, but yeah, I it it worked for the for the most part. But I started to there were there were elements of it that that felt uncomfortable. Taming of the Shrew is an incredibly <laughs> problematic play. Yeah, it's just I just like it's not okay. It's not one of my it, it's nowhere near one of my favorites at all. I don't there are, I don't like it that much. The the best the best way. For the, for that play to be seen is ten things I had about you. Yeah. Very Any other response is wrong, and you can fight me on it. Yeah. Ten things I had about you is pretty much a perfect adaptation of that text. Yeah. It gets rid of all of the misogyny, which is good. Well, no. Well, well I guess it's, it's, the... it, there are still elements of of the problematicness of it, but it's sort of it's dealt with in in a, in a more satisfying way. For me, mm. than than a lot of other things. Yeah, and the, well, and the play that we saw, the fact that it it was essentially just the play, but they'd switched around the roles. I could see I could see why it would appeal to people, and see I could see why it would work for people, but something about it felt off. Mm. It just it's something it just felt off. Yeah, but mm, no, maybe, maybe not. Because it's not just a play, then, is it? Because you like ten things I hate about you, so it's not the text that's uncomfortable for you. Although it is uncomfortable. No, the, the text is the text is uncomfortable, but there are certain ways that you can handle the text, and certain liberties that you can take with the text to make it less uncomfortable. Mm. And I didn't feel like the play that we saw did that. It just made it a different uncomfortable. Yeah, okay, I'd agree with that. It made it, a, yeah, it made it a matriarchy instead of a patriarchy. Is what is what it did. Yeah, it made it a yeah. It it was uncom. It was just uncomfortable in a different way. Yeah, because it was almost like we're writing the wrong of. Well, it probably wasn't like this at all, but it was almost as though we're trying to to write the wrong of Shakespeare by absolutely flipping everything. Mm. And you just go, no, you're just doing a different wrong. 
Yeah, very possibly. I think, I think that's also the point. Hmm. I think so. I think I think I remember trying to justify it in 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 class and basically just going, power corrupts absolutely no matter your genitalia. Yeah. I'd agree with that. So, uh, uh, on the topic of genitalia, um, do you have any guesses at what my link is? Why did you say on the topic of genitalia? I was going to make some sort of comment about your penis, but I decided not to. Okay. It's too early in the morning. Go on, that. go on. Make it, no, you've said you've you've said that you were going to do that. Make a comment about. No, I, d- I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say what I was going to say. Do you do you want do you want to make a joke about my uh, almost exactly average sized penis? I was just going to say how well shaped it is, and proportionate. It, it, yep, it hangs nicely, but just above my sweaty ballsack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean I. It's only recently at night when I started feeling sweat on my balls. Um, I feel that a lot of the time. See, I, I don't know why. I think it must be getting. It must be the humidity at the moment, where you know the the, the ball sweat comes. Yeah. Out. But it's not very pleasant. Oh. Yeah, I. Yeah, I've always had a sweaty balls. Hmm. That's nice. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> Oh, no smell. And just to prove, Jay just shoved his hand down his trousers and sniffed. I didn't shove my hand down my trousers. I just, I just moved my hand in my crotchular area. Itched it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I itch my bollocks. How are the, um, the little pets that you keep in your pubic hair? The crabs. How the crabs? Yeah. Uh, they've they've been starved recently. Oh, 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 sad for them, but good for you, I suppose. Yeah, there no no crabs no more. No. How, how how are the lice in your anus hair? Um, the lice in my anus hair are, I think they're doing well. Um, they seem to be having a good enough time, so I'm happy if they're happy. Have you been in touch recently? I would know. Well, we haven't been in touch, but occasionally one sort of. Wiggles its way up there to say hello, which is always nice, and that's always welcome. Anything up my ass? Yes, please. That is good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't guessed your link. No, I don't think you're going to, especially not after that um, tangent. You will not guess my link. Right, so we were talking about A.A. Milne and reading into things. Uh, oh, oh. Is it sort of like you're reading too much into stuff so almost like in in mary max they're they're going through their letters and they're sort of are they over analyzing what each other are saying very interesting and and then having arguments because of that and then you go into winnie the pooh and you and you over analyze the the themes and the 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 things within that and then probably something with dear god Again, that's a really good link. It's not it, unfortunately. Um, Fuck sake, Seth. Think about the formats. So we've got Winnie the Pooh. A book. Well, it's a, it's a series of short stories, isn't it? Yeah, a series of short children's books. Um, and we've got uh, Dear God, which is initially you have a child uh, reading out a prayer that they've written to God. It's, it's, uh, it's in the form of sort of a, a child's plea. 
And then you've got Marion Max, which is obviously a stop motion animation, which is in the form of a, you know, a, a children's film. But obviously it's not. And all of these things, they are in the format of um, sort of things for child consumption, but they deal with some dark and serious um, right. Okay. Do you like that? Yeah, it's a good link. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. I like it. Good. I'm annoyed that I didn't get it. But that's yeah. okay. I'm okay with that. You you were on the right again, your links with it your guesses were very good, but you just didn't you just didn't hit the jackpot there. Yeah. That's okay. I can live with that. So that's that's two and a half to me and a half to me. A half to you. Um, very good. Yeah, very well done. Well done, us. Well done, us. I think we both have some good links again. I think we did well today. Yeah, and it'll be nice for you next week talking to someone else for a change. Yeah, I won't have. To, I will have to deal with you less. Yeah. Or I can. I can distract myself from you by with... just talking to Solly. With with someone who is who is less annoying. Yeah, that's Love. fair enough. Plus, so- Solly does film studies, so I'm hoping for some very sort of. He does film studies and drama, so I'm hoping for some some very interesting recommendations from him. Which, which yeah, is, I thought I'd get him on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, good stuff. Well, I think that just about wraps it up, doesn't it? I think it does. I think. You know, it was a it was a good game, but again, Seth Cox comes out on top. Yep, that's not funny. So I am on top of Jay, and um, I'm I'm always one up on him, and I'm on top of him, and I am right now ejaculating onto his back because I. Oh, have... why would you say that? Because you I'm. Just say that. Okay. This is what we talked about earlier. Me and Jay talked about the sort of euphemisms, and because we use them quite a lot. I don't, know, I don't know if you picked up on that, but we 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 talk in in code quite a lot for. We, we of... talk in riddles. Yeah. So, see, when I when I ask Seth about his anus lice, what <laughs> I'm really asking him about is. No, no, it, no. When I ask about your <laughs> anus lice, I am just asking about your anus lice. Yeah. This is it. We, sometimes we're very good at sort of keeping it PG um, and sort of, you know, implied. But then often one of us, usually Jay, in all fairness, just breaks the facade and decides to say anus lice. Or well, in fact, I only said anus lice because you talked about my my testicle grabs. Yeah, yeah. But did you, where did that come from? It came from uh, genitalia and. I don't know where yours specifically came from. Oh, it's because we were talking about Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. And, and we were talking about the power corrupts absolutely, no matter what your genitalia, and then you just decided you you were you were going to make a joke about my genitalia, and then you decided against it. And then I decided for it again. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I think it was worth it. I think it was. I mean, I think we're, we're equal. I mean, I've sort of called you out on your crabs, which have gone, which is good for you. And you unfortunately called me out on my anal <laughs> anus lice. Um... On oh, your anal lice. <laughs> <laughs> anus lice, which haven't gone yet. So I feel I feel like you you come out looking better. Do, do you want your anal lice gone? Do you know what? I'm not sure. No. Um, 
that some you know late at night early in the morning sort of 2 a.m they do provide bloody good company and you know they they play about down there which is always you know they they play about what how how so how, how does that work then well, you sort of feel them sort of having a little feel around, and it's just nice to have something feeling around my arsehole. I, I quite like that sensation. Do, do they ever? Do they ever? Do they ever go up a little bit and uh, explore? They, they do. They explore every every crevice, and it it's nice because I've I've come to accept that no one else will ever explore, explore your crevice, my crevice. So it's nice that um, it's nice to have lice. Is yeah. what I'd say, and I'll leave that on that. See, um. Now that now that now that we're talking about exploring the crevice, we might as yeah. well go ahead and talk about this. Um, mm. Have you ever considered buying a male masturbator? Is that something that goes up your ass? Well, you can get prostate massages, which essentially you get a load of lube on, and then you you put up your your ass. Sorry, just going to stop this. Jay is actually, in fact, acting this out. But continue. You you put a load of uh, put a load of lube on 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 your prostate massager, and yeah. you know where your prostate is, right? It's your bum hole, isn't it? Yeah, you go up your bum hole, and it's a little ring. Ah. Um. So what you do is you you get as I said, you get a load of lube. You put it you put it up there, and you can either well a lot of them are, are sort of um they're battery powered, so they like, they like vibrate. So you yeah. can just turn them on, and it will just vibrate against your against your prostate and apparently that's um for some people that that is apparently very pleasurable have you ever considered um buying something to do that or in fact have you done that uh sorry is this a service that you you provide or or can i do it myself no you do it yourself all right um no i've never considered getting what, what sounds like an, an anal bead, but that vibrates. I haven't said that. No, no, anal beads are different. Oh, gosh. Look, I know I, no, I haven't, and no, I... But apparently there is a, there's a G-spot somewhere up there. Um, yeah, no, it's called the P-spot. It's your prostate. There we go. And, you know, the gay people often, often say in their sort of defence to... Um, when the Bible says, oh, gay people are sinful, um, they sort of say, then why did God put that um, place of pleasure up my anus? Um, that's, a, that's a fair comment. It is a valid argument, so well done. Um, I, don't, I don't know, is, is my answer. But... Uh, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you tempted to, to explore that region? Maybe one day when I'm in a certain point of my life, um, when I'm comfortable enough with myself, I may, um, I may, yes. Yeah, I bet I, I, I can, I, can, I, I don't think I'm in. I, I feel like it right now, but I, you know, I might do. It sounds, sounds, sounds kind of interesting and fun. I mean, you, you're still fine with fingering your asshole. That seems to do it for you, doesn't it? That's ticks all the boxes. Well, no, really. I don't really. No, I don't really go go in for that. Do you? Oh no! I thought oh, oh um, yeah. I mean, very rarely will you catch me without my finger up my bum. It is, it's sort of a permanent resident up my anus. Is my finger, and um, 
you know, they've made good friends. And should we end this podcast and possibly just, never uh, do it again? I was just thinking, as you as you were talking, I was going, sometimes we manage to keep this podcast vaguely sort of catered towards the sort of people who might um, not want to hear that sort of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like, they'd be they'd be okay with the odd swear word and yeah. and sort and sort of us ranting about about things that aren't particularly important every yeah, now and again, like squaddies or yeah, or yeah. Um, taming of the shrew. Yeah. Um. And then, and then sometimes we have long conversations about this sort of thing, and every <laughs> and I just I just have to stop and think to myself. It is what is what we're doing entertaining for an audience, or are they just going to feel uncomfortable? Um, I'll tell you what, I'll get my dad to listen to this one, and I'll I'll tell you what he says whether he was uncomfortable hearing his son talk about his finger up his ass, or whether that was fine and he didn't mind it. Yeah, I I will. Um, we can let's let's, let's ask some people. And mm. like, say, can you do us a favor and sit through right to the very end? Mm. Um, because we would like your feedback. <laughs> we appreciate hearing feedback. So, you know, if there is a comment section uh, from where you are um, absorbing our nonsense, please leave us a comment. Please do. Yeah, and please and do. explain to us... If 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 our conversation has made you feel uncomfortable, and if it hasn't, that's great. We we're very glad about that. And if it has, we're going to say this now. There will almost certainly be other conversations like this in the future. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's sort of that's sort of the package that you get here. So on on the note of if you leave a comment saying you don't like it, we will keep doing it. Um, on that, we're not we're not going to. I think we'll we will make adjustments to the sort of topics that we broach, and we might sort of censor ourselves a little better. But we can't promise to never talk about anal lice again. Do you know what I've suddenly become very uncomfortable and aware of during this conversation? What's that? Is that there could be sort of a group of secret listeners from maybe our school who have heard all of our conversations about our mutilated genitalia and our sort of... Anal lice. Anal... And there's there's been... There's someone like that who, who listens and that's that's... To me, that's quite uncomfortable. That's an uncomfortable thought. The reason so, we are so open is is we rely on no one listening to the so, end. So it's it's like you're always thinking of no one. No one actually makes it this far. Yeah. So we can. So this is just a conversation between the two of us now. So my my worst nightmare is that someone <laughs> does make it this far every time, <laughs> and they sort of pass me in the street and. And I don't know who they are, but they know who I am and my problems. With anal lice. Yeah. Which I will correct right now. I don't have. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just in case there was any confusion there. And just in case there was any confusion, I have never had (laughs) testicle crabs. But I have considered buying a prostate massage. Right then, okay. So, (laughs) I will... Well, we will... That's all right. Off we go then. Thanks. Seth, you win this week. I win this week um, in the most Don't minor you feel way like possible. A winner? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like a win. Um, does <laughs> Broadcasting in my anal life does not feel especially, you know, rewarding in any way. Um, but there, there we go. This is sometimes the direction the podcast takes. This is why you, you listen to the end for the juicy. For the juicy mites. Yeah. And uh, itchy lice. Um, But on that note, I think before we... Well, it's not before we do anything. We've done... done, The damage is done. But I will see... (laughs) We will... Fuck this. All right. Thanks for listening. That's bye for me. Thank you for listening, everyone. That's a goodbye from me.